Hey everyone, thanks for checking out this 242 Young Adults Podcast. I'm Pastor Justin, and I'm so excited that you're hanging out with us right now. We're on part two of our second session, Two Bible Reasons Why We Should Be Fasting as Believers. Last session, we talked about some of the mindsets of people in the church, in Christianity, on fasting. And we tried to go through and, and, and discuss them a little bit. And we asked the question, why should we be fasting? The first Bible reason why we should be fasting was we should fast because Jesus fasted. The second point that we're talking about today, the second Bible reason why we should be fasting as believers is that Jesus expected us to fast. Jesus fasted and Jesus expected us Believers in Christ, followers of Christ, too fast. So if you want to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, we're going to be reading from verse 16 to 18. And it says, And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled, so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth. That is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. God, I come before you now and I ask, would you convict and challenge us today as we continue this study God, I pray that we are challenged by what we talk about right now and that it changes us and that we don't just listen to the word, we don't just listen to the scripture and not allow it to penetrate our heart, not allow it to change us and change how we live. But God, we would be transformed by the power of your word in Jesus' name. And I pray that you would have your way now, God, in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. So we're talking about why we should fast and that Jesus expected us to fast. We're going to begin by looking at the word when. This is a Greek word, obviously defined as when or whenever, but when you do a further examination of this word, Thayer's Greek lexicon explains it this way, that this word is used of things which one assumes will really occur, but the time of occurrence is not definitely fixed. A good example of this is if my wife Stephanie asks me to wash the car, and I simply reply, well, when it rains, the car will be washed. Me saying that word when, I am banking on the fact that in the future, it will rain. I don't know the exact time of occurrence. I don't know precisely when, but I know in the future, it will rain. And I'm not really a betting man, but I would even bet a million dollars on the fact that it will rain in the future. But, I wouldn't bet a dime on a bet for whether it would rain between 4 and 4.15 on Wednesday morning. 
But when Jesus says this word, when you fast, he's not saying, you know, if you get around to it or or when you feel like it. He was saying, when you fast, saying, I'm expecting fasting to take place in the future. I'm expecting you as a follower of Christ to be fasting. And now, this is important. When Jesus said this, right, when he's speaking, he's not just speaking to his disciples. He's not just speaking to the religious leaders. He's talking to a variety of different people. This was the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus didn't just have the religious leaders or just his disciples. This was everybody. This was people who potentially were going to be followers of Christ. They were listening to the message of Christ. And when Jesus is speaking this, he's speaking it to everybody. He's saying, when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites. He's giving instruction on how to fast, and he's letting you know that this is an expectation. This is something that I'm assuming will really occur in the future. He doesn't tell you when, he doesn't tell you the exact time, but he's expecting it to be a part of your life. And for all the people who think, well, you know, pastors should be the one who fast. You know, all the leaders should be the one who fast, but I don't have to fast. Jesus breaks that mold here because he's talking to everybody. And he's saying, I'm expecting you as a follower of Christ to fast. And a sidebar here. Jesus expects your fasting to be between you and him. You see, the religious leaders at the time wanted people to see their actions. They fasted for their own glory. They fasted for that reaction of, wow, you're so great. Like, I wish I could fast like you. You're just such a a, a great, just like holy person. You know, you just really like God, and I can see that on you. And you're just so great. They were fasting for that physical response. And there's a lot of Christians like that today who do a lot of things with the heart of receiving glory from people, praise from people. And that's why it's important for our hearts to be sincere when we fast. Jesus explains that God desires your fast to be private between you and Him. But I think some people take this too far. Don't lie to somebody about fasting. If if somebody, for example, because I know we've all been in those awkward scenarios. You're at work. You're at school. You're like, God, I've, I've given you today. I'm setting aside food. I'm fasting to see you move in my life. I'm fasting to see healing, whatever it may be. And then all of a sudden, your coworker or a friend of yours goes, hey, man, you want to go out to lunch? And you're like, I can't say, no, 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 I'm not hungry because I'm starving right now. And that would be a lie. And But but I don't want to say, well, uh, uh, I'm fasting right now because then, oh, oh, crap, now I'm going to lose my blessing. And we take it too far. And I think we've all been in maybe that awkward scenario where someone asks you out for lunch or something and you just don't know how to respond. Can I tell you, it's okay to let them know, look, I'm taking today just to spend time with God and to seek his will for my life, and I'm going to take my lunch break to do that. Uh, so I, th- I think I'm just going to skip out on lunch today. It's all right. It's okay to say that God's blessing is not going to be taken away from you because you let somebody know. God is concerned with where your heart is. 
These people were fasting because they loved the praise that they got from other people. They, they did it because of the praise that they got from other people. He was addressing the status of our heart. We fast to glorify His name, not our own. Our second Bible reason for fasting is that Jesus expected us to fast. And I know some of you may be thinking, well, what about Matthew chapter 9? So, if you can, just flip a couple pages forward. We're going to check out Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 to 17. And it reads, One day, the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, Why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, Do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the old wineskins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins, so that both are preserved. I was listening to a sermon by Pastor Joe Fosh in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He's the lead pastor of Calvary Chapel. And he was explaining some of the historical background to this passage. In verse 15, Jesus replies, Do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? He explains that Jews were professional mourners and they were professional partiers. They would hire mourners to come and mourn for different situations and they loved celebrating. What was interesting is he goes on to explain that if someone died... During a wedding feast, which lasted for a whole week, they partied for a whole week when somebody got married. I mean, it was a good time. And so traditionally, if someone died during the wedding feast, which lasted an entire week, they would bury them, but they would postpone the mourning until after the wedding celebration was done. That's how important it was to celebrate marriage in Jewish culture. So with that in mind, imagine you're invited to a wedding. You experience the ceremony. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. But then you arrive at the dining hall. And as a guy, this is what you're looking forward to. You're looking forward to the food. You're looking forward to the appetizers. You're looking forward to the main course. You might be looking forward to that more than the wedding itself. And you come in, and there's a huge sign that says, We've dedicated this time at the dining hall to pray and fast for the bride and groom. Right? It's ridiculous, right? It's a time of celebration. And what Jesus is saying is, of course you don't fast during a time of celebration. A lot of people will use the analogy of the cloth and the wineskins as a representation of God sending Jesus, and Jesus replacing the old with the new. But I have to say, with the context of of Scripture here, and reading that Scripture within the context, I simply think that Jesus was solidifying his point. He was giving them examples to support his statement about fasting. 
Jesus was saying, of course you don't fast during a time of celebration. And he goes on to say that would be as crazy as trying to patch old clothing with a new cloth. Obviously, the new cloth is going to shrink and tear the old. That would be about as crazy as putting new wine in an old wineskin because the skin's going to burst. You wait until the bride and groom are gone and the seven-day celebration is over. Jesus explains that his followers can't fast while he is with him, but when the time comes when he is no longer there, then they will fast. They will fast. Jesus expected that when he was gone, his followers will fast. And they did. And there's accounts in the New Testament where people, the church, was seeking God through prayer and fasting. And I want to encourage you, seek God. Seek after God through the powerful spiritual discipline of fasting. And if you're a person who says, you know, Justin, I want to fast. There are just some things in my life physically that are preventing me from fasting. Can I tell you, you figure out a diet that would be challenging for you. Not life-threatening, but challenging. And say before God, God, I'm going to try my best to, to do a partial fast for you. And you seek God for healing. Try to do something sacrificially before God in the area of food. And I believe that God will bless you. God will pour out His Spirit and reveal Himself to you in a way that you've never seen before in your life. I want to thank you guys for listening to part two of Two Bible Reasons Why We Should Be Fasting as Believers. Next time, we're going to be focusing on the practical. We're going to examine some case studies in Scripture and talk about nine fasts that could change your life. It's going to be a great time, so I hope you guys will check out the next podcast. Again, if you have any questions, give me an email or hit me up on Twitter. Would love to hear your thoughts. Any questions about 242 Young Adults, I welcome it. If you're listening and you're someone not plugged in to our church, We would love to get you involved. We would love for you to be a part of our community here at First Assembly of God. So we'll talk to you guys later, and I hope you guys are blessed. We'll catch you guys next time.